Okay, back again for another episode of the Born Moguls podcast. We are here today here. on a Monday. On a Monday. Right. A beautiful week. Beautiful start to the week. Happy to be back in the building for another episode. Episode number <sighs> six. Lo- yeah, I'm losing count at this yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> six, I think. But we're excited. We have a special guest tonight, William Frontier. Yes, sir. How you Welcome. doing, man? I'm doing amazing. Thanks doing for good. Me. Lamont, how are you? I'm well, man. I'm well. How was the Monday? Monday was good. I got a lot of stuff done, man. You know, Mondays are my days off, but we we still do a lot of work outside of the traditional nine to five. So got a lot of stuff done, man. We got some more stuff coming for you guys, some reaction videos coming. So I'm yeah. excited for that, man. Yeah. 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 Well, how was your Monday? That was incredible. It was incredible. <laughs> got up at five, did some work. Yeah. Got some stuff done. Oh, so you're part of the 5 a.m. club too. That's huh? right. 5 a.m. Yeah. club. Miracle uh, morning. Let's go. Yeah, it's a few of us. It's a few of us. Very oh. few of us. You said miracle morning, huh? Yes, sir. Oh, have you read that book? I have not. Is that yeah, the book excellent. you were telling me about? Mm-hmm. Miracle morning. Okay, that's the one. Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. read the same books pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's pretty. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little late to the party, but I'm going to get on this one. Well, if you read one, <laughs> you kind of read them all, right? Yeah. So they, they all have the same kind of core message. Yeah. And it really is just about finding your next level. And I think that's the most important thing to take from all of it. Whether yeah. that's the morning, you can be a late night person too, right? Yeah, Perhaps yeah. you stay up at two in the morning and you get enough work done while the rest of us are asleep. So it could yeah. also be that. Yeah. So that's, that's what my quiet time is when the kids are all asleep. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, I, I normally stay up to about 12 or one sometimes and I'm yeah. getting a lot done. You know what I mean? So yeah, 5 a.m. club is, is a little rough because baby girl still comes in the bed. <laughs> she'll get to bed at all different times of the night. Yeah. But yeah, man, I think that's awesome, bro. So uh, how did you get involved with that? Yeah, so um, like a lot of things, uh, self-improvement wise, it's a recommendation from my mentor, business owner for uh, the firm that I'm with. Oh, wow. Uh, It's a book that really helped him maximize his time and uh, grew his business by uh, probably about 50% is what he told me. I'm like, man, I got to read this book. Okay, so check it out. And uh, then I started getting up at five, and that really, really uh, helped me grow my business. That was about a year ago I was doing that. I, I got away from it a little bit, and so I'm uh, starting it up again. Yeah. And, uh, and accountability is key, right? Having somebody that yeah. you're getting up with really helps it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think it's in, I think it's interesting to know that you're you're pretty young. How old are you? 23. 23. And you already have a mentor at 23. I think that's extremely important. Most guys don't have mentors until they get to an age where they really want to start doing something with their life. But how long have you had a mentor? Yeah, so uh, he's actually um, one of a couple mentors that I have. Oh, wow. Uh, my first mentor was the uh, the gentleman that um, I went to initially while still in high school um, talking about career opportunities. So this was a man from the Air Force. Uh, he was Air uh, – he was in reserves, so okay. Air Force Reserves. And I really, really admired a lot of aspects about this gentleman's life. And so I went to him initially asking for advice on um, potentially joining the Air Force. And he gave me a lot of advice that um, I ended up modeling basically my life after up until a certain period where the plan was, we can go into this in detail, but uh, the plan was I was going to get a degree using the Air Force to pay for it, get the training and certification necessary to... um, launch my career with the credentials necessary to basically he was showing me um with what he was doing is out of the after that after he got out of the air force um he was working in civilian side doing essentially the same job and making a decent amount of money yeah i I always had this idea in my head 
I want to be a millionaire, right? Yeah, okay. I want to mm-hmm. make a lot of money. I want yeah. to do a lot of great things for my family. I want to be able to afford to do these great things, uh, have an impact on God's kingdom. Mm. And uh, so I was striving that way and then eventually met my second mentor. And I have a third mentor, spiritual mentor. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Beautiful. I, I agree. There's a, a strong need for mentors. Yeah. I think you have to be an impressive an impressive young man to have a mentor at a young age too. Yeah. Like, so you can't just walk out and say, Hey, can you mentor me? What well, people do say that, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, I said that. <laughs> yeah. but you had value already. I mean, you just listening to the way you were speaking about what your, your plan was for your life. You at a young age already had a plan. You weren't just flying by, flying by the seat of your pants. Is that how yeah. said? I think, yeah, I think something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You weren't doing that. So yeah. I think when you are, when you're an impressive young man, very, very typically, these men will find you yeah. that become great mentors. Yeah. So again, that goes back to having value as a man, right? Yeah, it, go, it goes back to focus, right? So he was, a, yeah. he was a man of focus. And even in high school, which is extremely difficult to do because you got all these distractions around you. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I, my mother was trying to get me a mentor when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was not having it. You didn't want one? <laughs> no, so I'm like, all they're going to do is tell me what to do. And it's going to be more of a teacher. I don't want to do this. I don't even want to go to school. Why do I want a mentor? You know what I mean? But it's like, if, if I would have took it seriously, bro, I would have, I may have gone so much farther than where, I, you know, where I was when, when I was in high school, I did get involved with the wrong people. I did get involved with, you know, gang activity and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that didn't take me off of the course. Right. But God has a way of putting you right back on course. Right. So that's right. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't want to interrupt everything because we haven't even given an introduction yet. <laughs> yes. So Will, tell the listeners about, about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? A little tidbit about your background. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Grown up in a traditional uh, conservative Christian household, I'm the oldest of four, so um, always lived in the Newport News area. Oh, nice! Um, growing up, my parents had the excellent idea of homeschooling us, so mm-hmm. I had the excellent opportunity to uh, go through education being homeschooled. Yeah. Um, out of high school, I enlisted in the Air National Guard um, as a uh, uh, geospatial, um, senior airman. So I still do that currently. So three years into it, um, <clears throat> coming up on four years actually. And I work it over at Langley air force base. Oh, so, nice. okay. um, and then a couple of years ago I, uh, met my current mentor who I work for, uh, I've done at Fortress builders financial. And uh, now I am a financial advisor. Nice. Yep. Nice. So, okay. So you do homeschool from kindergarten all the way through through high school? Yes. Okay. So how was that experience? Do you feel like you, there was a lot of positives attached to it that you could use to your advantage as you kind of came up and you got through school and then you went into the, the actual world and you get to meet people? Was there anything that was negative attached to it as well? Did you feel like you missed out on anything? I think um, all in all it was 100% really a positive experience because um and this is really due to my parents right it's it's it all comes down to them because it if if you don't have the right parents right and you're stuck at home then that's probably a bad experience but for me it was amazing because then it was just my mom and dad pouring into me and uh really it 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 kept me from i think a lot of potentially harmful things from the world a lot of other people so in high school um 
I did a program called Civil Air Patrol. I don't know if you guys are familiar. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, a cadet program. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It was excellent. That was basically my life for four years. I joined when I was 16. Oh, wow. Okay. Had a ton of fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, that's also part of the reason why I joined the Air Force. Um, even at one point, I was on my way to getting my private pilot's license. I didn't end up finishing. Um, that was a COVID thing. Yeah, so. yeah, I got you. But, um, uh, yeah, so that was 100% a positive thing. And then I realized uh, really how powerful it was once I got into and around peers that were my age uh, and a lot of them, right? Because up to that point, it was a lot of friends who were my age mm-hmm. or really a lot of my friends were really older than me or a lot younger than me when you're homeschooled, right? Yeah, exactly. Going around yeah, a lot yeah. of adults. Um, with, uh, with, with cap, I was getting into this environment and realizing, man, I'm, I'm from a different world almost, man. Yeah. It's, it's completely different. Yeah. And it was in a good way and it, and it, uh, really stuck out. And, um, I think a lot of the values and a lot of, uh, where I am today is, um, testimony to, uh, my parents' education Yeah. for, for all of, uh, uh me and my family. Right. So, so, so what is their background? Yeah, so my dad is a professional um, photographer. Okay. Uh, my mom, uh, before she met dad, did various jobs, but she's 100% a stay-at-home mom. Nice. Doing the hardest job in the world, right? Yeah, right. She was 100% invested in teaching all of us. So um, uh, pretty much at age 14, though, I, the education was, here's a stack of books, here's your list, right? I'm teaching the other kids, so you're yeah. pretty much self-taught. So I was basically self-taught more or less from the age of 12, 13 up, mm-hmm. which also I think contributed uh, greatly. Um, uh, but, yeah, man. Because you get to learn awesome. at your own pace, right? And you don't, have to, you don't have the distractions of other kids around you who may not have the same learning capability that you have that may pull you off course. I noticed that difference between myself and my brother who was homeschooled. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, it's it's miles above where where we were. I mean, he got accepted in Oxford. You know what I mean? Wow. At, at like sixteen <laughs> years old. Wow. And um, I think it, there is a shielding there that really needs to happen with kids. And I man, I wanted so badly to to homeschool my kids. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm against the idea of what school has become now because more it's 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 not really you're not really creating an environment for the kid to, to thrive and be their best self. Right. You're, you're really telling them how to just follow orders. It's become political as well. Yeah. So it's less about the education and what, what you're being taught. It's more about, okay, well, what is pop culture say is acceptable Correct, yeah. in today's world. And we have to abide by that. Yeah. So it's become very political, I think. Yeah. And it's as a father, of course, of four kids in well, yeah, four kids in high school, it's very difficult, especially when, you know, you raise them in, in the faith and uh, they get pulled in the office for talking about things that are faith based, you know, and, you know, it's just it's, it's difficult to deal with because you see where it's leaning and it's leaning almost all the way to the other side of left. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not even neutral anymore. It's like almost all the way left. Yeah. And, you know, when you start to indoctrinate, you know, children in that type of um, environment it's it's difficult to even get them to understand a different point of view because <laughs> they label you as a um uh, a radical or yeah well, you know yeah. maybe that's the word for it right? everything so yeah. well you you get through high school you're in this program you graduate right so once you do that like what happens then like after you have a a homeschooled graduation like what do you think 
Like, okay, I have to like yeah. open the door to the real world and step sure. out here and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Like, how did that feel? Oh, I was freaking out, man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> I had no idea what I wanted to do. I, yeah. I knew that I loved Cap and it, for the leadership aspect, I always, you know, uh, love like telling people what to do, you know, from being, <laughs> you know, the oldest sibling up until, uh-huh. you know, getting leadership positions in Cap. And uh, I love the military aspect, really big in the military. Yeah. Um, right around like 2019, I got really into guns for some reason. It went from my other hobbies to, to guns. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. But coming out of high school, really had no idea what I wanted to do. And that was one of the reasons why I went and talked to my first mentor. Was, you know, told him, like, look, man, I like what you have here. You have an awesome family. You got a lot of land. You got a couple air, real estates going on. You got investments going on. You got mm-hmm. your degree. You got time freedom, it seems like. Yeah. You know, how, how'd you get here, right? How can I learn from you? Um, so that's what got me the idea of I need to put in my billet for the air force. Okay. Had some difficulties getting in, but eventually went to basic training 2020. Okay. So that's pretty much where it went from there. Did the difficulties stem from COVID or was it something different? Some of that, yeah. um, that I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of the frustrating part, but yeah. okay. So you get to, break, uh, to basic training and now you're thrown into the fire essentially with a lot of other young men and women who come from different walks of life. How did you respond to that being someone who was not exposed to a lot of diverse people, I would assume? Yeah. So um, it, it was really interesting. So when, when, when you're focused less about, you know, problems of other people and you just kind of focus on what you're doing and, and trying to you know, be an excellent airman at that point, mm. And uh, t- again, taking advice from my mentor and other people that I knew in the Air Force, right? I had all these connections of guys in the Air Force. I'm like, look, what do I got to be doing? What do I got to be watching out before I get yeah. here? And they basically gave me the advice of, you know, got to keep your head down. For, so oh, for yeah. all of you guys going to basic train and maybe okay. listening in, keep your head down. Just keep when he tells down. you what to do, maybe you should just, just listen and yeah. just do that. And yeah. you'll, you'll be good. You'll be yeah. good. Okay. It's, it's funny because they, yeah. they say that. I know my brother, he said that they actually say that when they're in war, too, because you don't want you, you keep yeah. your head down, keep it on the swivel, because if your head pops up. That's a drill sergeant. So your head pops up, drill sergeant. That's his brother. His brother's drill sergeant. Yeah, he's a drill sergeant. He was here yesterday. He was here last night. We spoke to him. Yeah, okay. MTIs for the Air Force, but yeah, same thing. Same thing. So I wanted to ask you too, because I know they do have certain programs for other homeschool children that can kind of get together and meet people in their same age group. Yeah, co-ops. Co-ops, yeah, yeah. So how was that experience? So I actually didn't do a co-op. Uh, oh. We did uh, we did it one one for my very last year of high school, and it wasn't really necessary. We never did it after that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, co-ops were um, a great option, and a lot of homeschool kids that we knew did go to those. But yeah. that was just a personal choice for my mom. Of you know, there's uh, I think we can just do it here. Yeah. Here's here's your curriculum. This is what you're gonna do. What? This is so. Will what was a regular week like? For this you? Is, <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, this is, this is mind blowing. I've never yeah. actually had a very intimate conversation with someone that has done homeschool and actually like gone fully through with it. I think I've met people that have done it up until high school. Yeah, then, then they, they transition. They transition yeah. into the actual yeah. public school arena. So. 
What was a typical week like for you? So in the beginning, right, a lot of it looked like my mom just being very frustrated uh-huh. <laughs> because I was not the best student all the yeah. time. And uh, and I want to give maybe some hope to your uh, homeschool listeners here, maybe some people thinking about it. It's yeah. not always a method, and everyone does it differently. And so for my mom, it looked completely different than a lot of other people. Okay. Uh, and there was even one year where I completely skipped an entire year of math because I was so bad at long division. My oh, mom's okay. just like, all right, he's not ready for this. We're just going to skip math for this year. Came back to it. It was so easy. I just moved on to the next grade. It's just something about, so it's not really a strategy, but, uh, you know, definitely lean on the resources. There's so many resources out for homeschool parents today. So how did that play into your confidence? Because now my, my kids don't have that opportunity, right? If they suck at math, they suck at math and they fail, right? And then they're told that they're bad at math because they fail. Like, How does that play into your confidence, the fact that you were able to move on to a different uh, grade and then still tackle it later on and then find out, okay, it's not too bad? I actually don't really remember (laughs) that entire scenario, but uh, I think it was definitely a confidence booster. I think it's – I think – there was never anybody telling me that I wasn't – you uh, th- there enough. was there's not there's not enough bad influence really to to kind of like wilt any of my uh, I, I don't know what I, I got around that in in cap in my earlier years but at that point I was already kind of solidified and grounded in my beliefs and my values and uh, things that I hadn't figured out yet I was able to go research on my own Good right because I had okay and uh, and so that, I think that that really did protect me but going back to your original question of what it kind of looked like you know I just wake up in the morning I look at my schedule so my mom was really good at structuring and and, and for each so I'm one of four and and for each one of us it looked different so yeah. each of the days looked different but uh, for me um, basically 12 years on uh, and onward um, uh, it was. Uh, I was reading a lot of books. My mom would research books, good books for us to read. Uh, reading a lot of books, doing math, doing grammar, uh, other things like logic and reasoning was a oh, course wow. we did. Uh, Worldview was another course. Worldview was actually the, cool. the, the best thing uh, I I enjoyed the most in high school. But uh, mainly you said just, worldview. Yes, worldview starting points. Um, so it was it was essentially reading through. Uh, a series of books, and then analyzing and understanding uh, what a Christian worldview looks like, right? Helping you understand, say, authors' worldviews or other people's worldviews. Understanding what a worldview is, and for maybe your listeners who don't know this, a worldview is just a perspective or a lens at which you interpret information that comes in uh, that you receive as you experience life, right? Yeah. So who's your favorite Christian author? Um, probably well, who's your favorite, favorite author period. Yeah. Oh man, it's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, I read a lot of books and a lot of the authors, I don't even remember the names. <laughs> I don't remember the titles. <laughs> the I really like C.S. Lewis though. Yeah, C.S. Yeah, Lewis, Lewis You told me about, it. was yeah. it the, uh, the screw job? Is that what you said? What's the name of the, <laughs> the book? The screw tape letters. The yeah. screw tape letters. So, yeah. so good. That I was a very good look I looked yeah. that up. Yeah. It's very yeah. good book. Oh, you so, read that? Yeah, yeah. And he also did the, uh, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. So that is. I haven't read that. Have you seen the movies? I haven't seen the movies. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. It was pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah. But he's... he's we love a, books here, man. Yeah. We do love books. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wasn't yeah. always a reader, bro. I didn't I didn't actually start reading yeah, until I got I. to my 30s. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, until your 30s? Yeah. Because I just figured something had to change, bro. Like, my, my life was... And it's funny because I, I, um, I read a, a thread of messages from 2012 or 2013 that was on my WhatsApp. 
I thought it had deleted everything. Uh And uh, I just look at my mindset back then, bro. It was, it was so different, bro. I was, I was the plugged in matrix guy. You know what I mean? Like, and to see where I am now and just by the fact that I, and when I was in high school, I hated reading books, bro. Uh, The only book I read in high school was of mice and men. (laughs) It was one of the, one of the smaller books that you can read. And then uh, somebody introduced me to Augmandino and it was a book that I could get through and I felt really good about it because uh, all his books were like really, you know, really small. So, I mean, 80 to 100 pages, but they're not like the size of a, a regular book. It's probably about the size of the thing in Grow Rich, right? Okay. Uh, but it's 80 pages. And then you can get through that. And I, I felt accomplished. I'm like, dang, I actually read a book outside of, of Mice and Men. Yeah. And then I got to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm like, oh, well, this is starting to make sense. I'm I'm hearing people talk about these things. And uh, I met with Larry today. And the things that he started talking about reminded me of the infinite banking system that I read. You know what I mean? So it's like certain, like everything that, that, you know, people know that I don't know is in a book. So why am I not? All the answers are in the book. (laughs) (laughs) All the answers. I mean, because these things existed before media, before television, before the internet, there were books. Yeah. So the answers all reside within a book. Yeah. And the chapter, the Bible, the Bible, Bible. right. And the book, a chapter, a page, the answers are all there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, Will, you get to the Air Force, and you and I spoke about this, and you had this idea about where you wanted your life to go. But at some point, you changed your mind. Tell us exactly what occurred, because you were very sure of what you wanted to do at that point. And you had this, had this idea for your life, you had everything kind of mapped out, but then at some point, something changed. That's a really good question. So as I got out of uh, basic training and tech school, I go into training, right? You know, with the military, they do on the job, right? Uh, so I'm going through on the job training and I'm, and I'm uh, you know, I, I enjoy my job, right? It's, it's cool, right? Doing yeah. Intel, this is, this is, this is pretty cool. Um, but then experiencing other people that I'm working with and then realizing and picturing myself, I think a lot of a great thing to do is picture yourself in the future yeah. uh, and think about what you're currently doing, where that's going to lead. And so for me, I was looking around and seeing a lot of older gentlemen who had been there for a while and in, in the same career that I'm doing, and they just didn't seem very happy. They weren't, they weren't thriving. Huh? <laughs> they weren't thriving. Yeah. And it was... Um, Something that kind of got me a little bit worried. I'm like, I don't want to end up like that. So yeah. I'm looking, I'm reading these books, and I, I read Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm-hmm. right? Robert Kiyosaki. So, yeah. uh, and in that, it was talking about you got to have assets versus liabilities, yeah. right? Get out of the rat race, you know, um, businesses rather than having a job. And I'm like, man, I was, I've been doing the job route for a while. So I, I, was, I was just thinking, it's in, it's sitting in the back of my mind, right? It's three people told me in one month to read, I have to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh man, maybe, you know, maybe that's someone else telling me that yeah. I need to read this book. You <laughs> right. know what I mean, right? So yeah. God was telling me, I yeah. read Divine this book. Divine intervention at this point, right? Right, God talks <laughs> to other people. So I that's read right. this book that's and right. it got me thinking. I go... And I'm thinking about money. I'm thinking about all right. I need to get. I have I have some money saved up from the Air Force. I'm thinking about what what are some investment opportunities for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like I got crypto. Right. I'm doing this thing over here, but I got to go talk to this gentleman that knows how money works. And for me, that my best friend's dad did something financial that I knew. And I'm like, he does something with money. Let me go talk to him. Let me ask him if he will mentor me. Yeah. So I go talk to this gentleman, Dan Roos. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Yep. 
Oh. And um, yep. and I meet with Dan, and I'm talking to him. And I say, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do in my life. You know, uh, I'm looking for a, 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 a like a a, a money uh, a mentor. Will mm-hmm. you be my mentor? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be your mentor. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, look, look at this. Look at this. Let me show you what I'm doing here with uh with my financial firm. And you do this and you do this and. By the way, I'll, I'll teach you all this if you come work for me. I'm mm. like, ooh. That's okay. even better. Well, all right. Better. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Yes, right. He well, pulled well, your well, car. Like, how badly do you want me to be your mentor? Right? Yeah. He kind of pulled the card on him. Yeah. That's okay. right. So, yeah, long yeah. story short, yeah. go work with him. And, uh, yeah, and then he t- taught me all the secrets, man. And so um, and I'm really, really passionate about money now. And, yeah. That's, that's good stuff, man. That's, that's amazing. So we, and, we and, talked about networking. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and by the way, yeah. that, that's just a testimony to the fact that I knew nothing about what I was doing and what I really wanted. Right. God interceded and he put the people, the right people at the right time in my life. Yeah. I but you also made that chosen. leap too, Will, because again, making the leap is so difficult. It is. Because yeah. you were in a comfortable position, right? You're in the military. You have a at least a decent income. You have great benefits. And you can... Kind of wrestling your laurels with that because you've earned was, it. Yeah, you that, earned it. That yeah. will set you up for the next. It'll 20 set. It'll years, set right? you up. It'll set but, you up. Yeah. But something in you was like, ah, I don't know, man. This ain't. Yeah. It just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I don't. I don't want to be that guy. And um, Wallace D. Waddles, man, the science of getting rich. Have you read that book? I have not. Uh, it's a very good book. So he talks about how there are certain things in place that you just know that are intuitively in you, right? And if 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 you want to, if you want to have a, um, you know, a business where you're dealing in commodities, jewels, and you know, gold stuff like that, right? You don't have to be the refiner, but if you're in position to where you're setting yourself up to be able to distribute the jewels properly, and you're doing your job, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do every single day, no more, no less, but doing everything that you're supposed to do, right? The refiner will be there. The person who's actually mining the gold will be there. The person who connects everybody together to finally get to you will be there. And it sounds like that's probably what happened with you because you were doing what you were supposed to do. You were doing everything that you needed to do. And then God was just kind of working the pieces together. And because you were ready when you got to Dan, who knows? Dan may have needed somebody to work for him at that point in time. But because you were ready, Dan said, all right, cool. I won't be a mentor, but I'll bring you on and you can work for the firm. So it's like, you know, all the pieces are, are you know, working together. And I've, I've noticed that there are certain times where I have I, like I just lay in the bed and I'm like, yeah, I can, I can I can sleep for another 15, 20, 30 minutes. And then I lay my head down and then I get get up like 30 seconds. Like, Lamont, there's something else you need to do. So I get up and do what I need to do. And it's put me in position to where the things that I want done, people will come up to me. Hey, have you heard about this or do you need this or and, and it's like I don't understand. I can't understand why these things are happening. I can't explain why these things are happening, but it's happening in a way where God is telling me, "All right, bro, you, you you've slept enough." You know what I mean? Like now it's time for action. Now it's time to work. So, you know, it's if you were to if you were to say, you know, these guys have, you know, everything that they need. They seem like they're content in their job. I want to be like them. Wait, that's right. that's dangerous. Hold that's on. dangerous. Because you hear what you just said, Will? If we say I want to be content, that is a very scary place to be. Yeah. It means I want to be satisfied. But should you ever be satisfied? As a man, 
beyond beyond having question. family yeah. and having a wife and children, of course that satisfies you. But as far as what you can do as a man financially and physically and as far as your influence, should you ever want to be content? Yeah. Well, I think that begs the question of what is our purpose as Christian men? Yeah. Yes. And and in reality, that's striving to become more like Christ. Become can, more like Christ. Can yeah. we reach a point where we are like Christ here on earth? No. So I, I guess that kind of answers the questions of yeah. you know, we can't, we really shouldn't be content because right. there, there's that, that's not the biblical. Because there's more to be done, right? And if you have yeah, breath to breathe and there's more done. work you can you can get done. Yep. Yeah. So, so I, know, I think Paul did say he said contentment, contentment with godliness is great gain, right? So there has to be a level of of understanding that you still have to be grateful for where you are now, for the things that you have now, right. right? But but then you're looking forward to the things that you don't have yet, and to sit and and stew and whatever it is that you have, and to say, yeah, this is I, I've done enough. To me, I think that's you're 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 really. I don't want to say slapping God in the face, but it's almost like you're telling God, hey, I've done enough. I'm chilling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the rich yeah. man in the Bible. Is, my, yeah. my barns are full. I yeah. have enough grain. Let's sit back and party. Exactly. What happened? God said, you fool. Your life will now be required Correct. of you this very night. Wow. Yeah. Dang, the first wow. guy we hear about retiring in the Bible. God's <laughs> like, messed up, man. You rest on the because yeah. I think when we start to attach ourselves to all of the belongings that we have, right, it's it's a false sense of security because that can be stripped away from us from us at any time. Right. Yeah. But if you have character, if you have integrity, if you have a, a, a self-worth, if you have a drive that nobody can take from you, if you have information that nobody can take from you that, that you learn from books, that you learn from other mentors, that you learn from other people, man, you can you can impact somebody without having much. You can be stripped of everything and then get it all back again. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like when you start to tie yourself to the things that you have and you become content, that means if everything is stripped away from you, what will happen to you? You will you be the guy that, that jumped out of the you know 20 story building because you felt like everything was gone. Right. Or will you be the guy that says, OK, yeah, I lost it. I can rebuild again. Well, if you are content, right, let's say you are truly content. You have done a whole lot in life. You've accomplished a lot, have a beautiful family. Someone else is not content. So you can go help someone else Correct. in your contentment. Yeah. Because there's discontent that's out there everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I would also encourage that. I think that just goes into having a, a heart for service. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. so even if you have done enough in your life and you feel like I have truly worked myself to the point where I can no longer go and you are very content in what you have in your family and your environment there is someone out there who could use some of that as well. So you can really not ever be content if you're a man that wants to provide value to other people. Yeah, I think I think that's the duty as a man, especially as Christian men, right? We have to be able to like you said provide value to to other people. I don't want to yeah. see I don't want to see my brother struggling. That's why, you know, uh, Paul wrote the letter to the Corinthians cuz he was saying, "Hey, look, we have a church in Macedonia that's struggling. You guys are doing well." You know, can you set aside some funds to help these people here that are struggling? Because, you know, it, it, I don't want to be that guy that's doing so well in life that uh, walk or, or walk next to somebody that's supposed to be my brother or my neighbor. And I just walk right past him and I see that he's in need. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and the thing is, I'm, it may not be me pulling my wallet out and giving him, you know, a hundred dollars. It may be, hey, bro, I got some work for you. You know what I mean? Like I, I right, can, and that's I better can teach for you how to do something. Yeah, it's better for I give you a perfect yeah. example. And like, and this is not to 
to brag on myself at all, but I was I went to Walmart over in Newport News on uh, Friday, and as as I was walking in, there's a gentleman outside. He said, "Hey, man, can you help a homeless guy?" I said, "Sir, I don't have any cash on me, but I can buy you food. Do you want food?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Yeah, I'll take a rotisserie chicken. I'll take potato salad. I'll yeah. take one, two, three, and four. I said." Okay. I said, do you want to drink as well, sir? Yeah, I'll do a two liter Mountain Dew. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Yeah. And I gave that to him. And yeah. he, he and his, I guess, girlfriend and wife, they Bro, ate they together. Said, they and they, week. Yeah, and they're good. And they walked yeah. off and they were fine, right? So that is a level of still providing service. Yeah. And that's not to say that I, I had the, uh, I have the complete heart for it. I try my best to give service when I can give service. Yeah. And you can give it in different ways. It doesn't have to yeah. be money. Yeah. Right. I think so. the, I think a good way to maybe rephrase it is we are content or we're fulfilled in, in Christ rather Correct. than we're yeah. content, yeah. right? Mm. A content maybe is like more uh, reliant on, say, things of this world rather than being fulfilled is more of yeah. I'm, I'm spirit. Like if everything was removed from me, I still have Christ. Correct. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. And that's fulfilled. Yeah. It almost I'm sounds not, arrogant, right? The word I'm content. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. sounds, uh, you know, that maybe that's what I don't like. It just sounds like it's almost a very arrogant word. Like I'm yeah. just content. I've, I've done everything. I I've done everything I had yeah, to yeah. do. So yeah, but there's, there's, there's always so much more to be done. Yes, it's always so much yes. more to be done. Yeah. So, well, you are a Christian man, and you spoke about duties. What do you feel like your duties are to God? Do you have a list of what you think about when you say, "I want God to be proud of me for doing these things"? Or for being this way, yeah, I do. So, for me, um, and then it, and every man in Christ is completely different, right? Yeah, yeah. Every every man has their own calling. But for me, I feel very much led to have my own family, have a lot of kids, right, and then pour into them. And I, I think I, there's something about the family unit that is so valuable. And I don't know if we as a culture are. are quite aware yet of how valuable the family unit is and passing on knowledge to the next generation. I I think we knew. I think we've lost it. I think they've wanted us to lose it, right? Yeah. Um, I agree. So, yeah. So there, there was a time where you would be almost ridiculed for not having enough children. That's all right. (laughs) And now you're ready. You know, everybody tells me you got six kids. Well, you you do know how to stop that, right? (laughs) As if I don't love my kids as as if I don't want more, you know, and every time I say that, I say, well, you know, seven is a number of completion. So, you know, I'm down for one more. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. what I mean? yeah. so yeah yeah but yeah i think that's uh i think that's a great so what inspires you to have a lot of children was it your which is was it your parents um i guess so right so uh, i i love my family we all yeah. we all love hanging out we're, we're big into movies we're big movie heads we all, oh, that's good stuff. we'll get together watch a movie we'll talk about movies for hours you know don't get me started on movies because uh, that'd be <laughs> a different show but uh and i i, I just kind of like want to recreate that and then um and, and and it is it is kind of in this world, right? What are we called to do? We're called to spread the gospel, preach God's word, be a light in the darkness, right? And I want to be an impact player for God, which uh, for me, the one of the biggest hacks of doing that is, well, I'm just one person. But if I can clone myself, mm-hmm. now I got you know you know, you know yeah. six or ten yeah. other versions yeah. of you know yeah. me running yeah. around with. If I can implant those same values to them, I've made a bigger impact yeah. on this world, right? And then also ministering to those people because I mean those souls are somewhere in in the bank, and this isn't biblical at all. But I mean, like if if, if there are going to be kids being born, I'd rather have them in my house, right? Than exactly, yeah. House's yeah. House. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I said I said the same thing all the time. People would always say, "Well, why do you want so many kids?" I said, "Well, don't you love me?" 
wouldn't you want more of me around? Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, bro, like, I, I did not want kids in the beginning until uh, I actually had to babysit a buddy of mine. Um, shout out Ed, man. He had twins. And that changed my whole perspective. I was 16 years old, man. And I started babysitting these twins. And I was like, yo, this is like a great thing, bro. And boy, girl, twin. So uh, when I prayed, I got married, prayed, I God, hey, God, you know, I want some twins. Could you give me boy, girl? Just like, you know, it's got uh-huh. pop out with twins. I'm like, yes. Pop out two boys. I'm like, okay, I'll deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll deal with that. Yeah, but bro, I'm telling you, being a father is probably the greatest calling um, that I've had on my life because it, it, it helps me understand ministry more. You know what I mean? Because there's a fine line of, of being a, uh, a parent that is extremely uh, disciplined, but then you also have to understand that these are boys and not men yet. So I can't be as harsh. I have to, there's certain, there's a certain level of harshness I have to have for them, but I can't be as hard as I could be on Dante. You know what I mean? And finding that fine line is, is, is like, it's extremely difficult when you're young. I had my kids at 19. So I had the, the twins and then Elias and then here comes baby girl. And somebody told me, they was like, you know, you love your boys, man. She was like, I know you love your boys, but wait till that baby girl comes. It's going to change your mind. And boy, <laughs> she was right. <laughs> that girl comes and it's like the only thing that I want to do now is protect, 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 protect. You know what I mean? With the mm-hmm. boys, yeah, I could protect them, but they will grow to be men. So they got to learn how to protect themselves. Right. Uh, baby girl. uh, uh-uh. I won't have that, bro. I couldn't even. Some people would come to the house. I wouldn't even let them touch them unless they wash their hands first. Did you wash your hands? You got some hand sanitizer. Like you ain't messing with my baby girl though. Yeah, but bro, it's, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, being a father is probably one of the yeah. greatest things that I've done in life, man. I've accomplished a lot, but being a father and seeing them—that's right—seeing them at you know sixteen and seventeen and still wanting to be around me when they have friends that they can play with, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Friends that they can, you know, converse with online and stuff. Yep. And they still want to hang around me. We still watch the same things to me. I think that's like incredible. I love it, man. So sure. Yeah. Will you want, you said eight kids, eight to 10. Oh, it's, it varies. From it day varies. Day. Okay. <laughs> well, you said minimum four, four minimum, yeah. and maximum Whatever God chooses yeah, for we'll you, see. that's right. As many as he can, uh, as many as he can afford. He's yeah. got some bit. No, it's kind of so up yeah. to my wife, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> up to my wife. So you know, Will, coming from your background and knowing how you were homeschooled and you had great parents, are you afraid to be a parent today with knowing what the youth are exposed to, mm. what they're into? That's Does good. it give you pause, or are you afraid of it? Yeah, fear. That's a great question. I'm actually kind of excited, and yeah. I, I, I don't know why. I, it's probably just because, you know, I'm not a parent yet, so you don't know anything, right? And this is all pure speculation, but, yeah. you know, just being – you just have to take extra precautions, right? It's, it's a new time. We have to just change some strategies. Yeah. Right? We have to now yeah. be more, um, I guess, conscious. Of the, unfortunately, the, the community isn't there and a lot more responsibilities that otherwise could be, say, delegated to uncles, aunts, nieces, nephews that you would naturally grow up in in, yeah. in older cultures where you're growing up around and say, for instance, the church is literally the town. Yeah. Right? So now your church community, your your church members live right next to you. These are people that you love and trust. And um, But now it's, 
the, the society is such a low trust society. You just have to be more aware and, and more ever present for your kids. And I think that's why homeschooling is becoming a more popular yeah. option for yeah. parents. It's not for everyone, right? It, uh, obviously, but it, it's, it, it's just because of where we are today, where we've progressed as a culture rather degraded as a culture. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, that's how we did it for the last, I don't know, thousands of years. I mean, schooling just happened when uh, Rockefeller introduced it, right? Back in the, I think, early 20s, 30s. Because, okay. uh, you know, in, during the Industrial Revolution, they were still working kids to death. You know what I mean? That's and true. then I think Rockefeller introduced the idea of public school, and then that's it. I could be wrong, but um, it's still a new concept. You know what I mean? It's not something that we were used to because it was always the village was those who raised the child, right? And yeah. if you look at the... Um, the verse in the Bible that says, spare the rod, spoil the child, everybody thinks it's talking about, you know, just a stick. Well, in the Hebrew, it does translate to stick, but it also translates to village. So if you spare the village, you spoil the child. You know what mm. I mean? Because there, there are certain things that children need. They do need the interaction with other people to help them grow and mature and get to That's a level right. of life that, you yeah. know, they'll be able to sustain without having to catch the beating from you know, because right now kids are leaving high school defeated, bro. Like they're leaving high school. They have nothing really to look forward to. Um, so it, either it's the military or it's the trades or it's uh, going to college to party for a few years and then, you know, end up with mounds of debt. And then you get out and you really don't know what to do. Right. And, you know, I, I see people that, you know, when I was working at uh, the telemarketing firm, I was there. We were making minimum wage almost. Um, but people who were college graduates were coming in there in groves. And then uh, working, I'm like, you know, didn't you go to college? Like, wh- what is your degree in? And yeah. they're like, yeah, I haven't figured it out yet. You know, I, I, I got my degree. I, I did either business or I did uh, communications. communications. You know what I mean? That's the one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like, but they, they had nothing really to fall back That's on the because one. they weren't, these weren't employed, like they weren't being employed by companies who wanted these majors. Right. Um, so we had a, um, I mean, we had a plethora of people who just were, looking at what they could do. And the only thing they could do at this point was survive. So they, they, they're working with me. I got my GD, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, but we have a culture of defeated people, especially a culture of defeated men, because men, when they get a certain age, they become invisible to the world, right? If they don't have any value to offer to the world, people just Mm -hmm. weren't like walk past them. Girls don't even recognize them. They don't notice them. That's true. Yeah. So, Well, do you have an opinion on masculinity? Do you have an opinion oh, on yeah. where it is today? What do you think about it? Uh, I think it, as a culture, we have progressed to a point where, uh, and and I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of what caused all of this, right? Which I believe really comes from you know people stop loving God and you forsake God. Your culture diverts into what it is today. Yeah. Hedonism. Um, yeah. Yes, hedonism. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and today we live in a culture of very weak men. Uh, and uh, very liberal women, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's not a good thing. But I, I believe that really just comes down to that people don't love God. And when you don't love God, this is the natural. And when you think about it this way, a lot of people think about leftists in the sense of they're crazy. These people are absolutely insane. Yeah. But for me, the insane people are the ones who, say, ascribe atheist or agnostic values, but then somehow want to live morally, that makes no sense to me. It cannot it, coexist. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it makes sense to me that it goes down this logical train of, 
you don't believe in any values to what you know, leftism is today, which is you know absolute sexual perversion. That makes sense mm-hmm. to me because when yeah. you, if you don't like Nietzsche said, if you don't have God, you know, what there there's nothing right. God is dead. We have killed him. Yeah. You know, let us eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die. For tomorrow there, we die. The only thing you have left is power and pleasure because yeah. that's the only thing that there's no other deity other than yourself. Mm-hmm. And how do you serve yourself through pleasures? And that's ultimately destruction. Bro. Mm. Wow, bro, I'm, right. up, bro, I'm amazed that a 23 year old is quoting Nietzsche. I'm, listen, bro, like, listen, bro, I'm I love you, this, man. bro. This is awesome. Will and I spoke for. Maybe a couple of hours, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. Maybe it was last week. Yeah. And so we got to get you on the podcast. Bro, this is and amazing. Like, you know, we had great conversation. Yeah. And he and I think a lot alike. That's right, yeah. And yeah. actually, the three of us think a lot alike. Yeah. And we connected on that. And I felt like it was very, very imperative that we get him up here. It's very yeah. paramount to have him up here. So, now, I, know, so. I know you said it's a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down. But just if you can briefly explain what do you think happened as to why we are this way? I know you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I don't know at what point it, it progresses, but, um, you know, the devil's real, and he's continually coming up with strategies to defeat culture. And if and when America got to the point where we were the most powerful Christian nation that's ever existed, it, it only makes logical sense that if you're the, the Christian nation, your values for nation top down are Christian, you, you got to destroy that if you're Satan. Yeah, you got to take that down. It mm-hmm. can't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just goes against your plan. Um, and uh, you see a lot of stuff start happening. And on this, this gets into a, another perspective we could talk about. But <laughs> you know, when you get these you know, people getting together on, say, Jekyll Island and planning out, you know, let's mm. let's establish the Fed. I guess uh, that yeah. went. Uh, there's a lot of things that went wrong legislatively. Um, right around uh, Woodrow Wilson's uh, reign, as it were. Uh, and then there were things, you know, with uh, the uh, 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 women's right to vote that kind of <laughs> yeah. what ends up happening is women get the right to vote. And then every single uh, time that they get the ability to destroy the family unit, them as a demographic vote for that and yeah. what what policies they're voting for. You spoke about that. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, it may be a controversial take, but men have historically been willing to die for whatever it is that they believe in, right? Whatever idea is being presented, they're willing to die for it. Um, so when you have the responsibility of death behind whatever it is that you rally against, right? So if you vote this, this guy into office, he may likely send you to war to die for this belief, yep, yep. right? So if the only person that has a responsibility to die is the person who voted this person in, then there's more of an interest to say, okay, well, this is the reason why he needs to be here because I'm willing to die for this. When you have another party who does not share that same responsibility of death, but they have the authority to make that decision, now you're sending other people to die for what you believe in. And I think a lot of times that's what's caused you know a lot of things to happen. So I have my own speculations. I think the um, you know I, I think we were good up until a point. I think uh, it really started to go down in the seventies. Uh, well, actually sixties and seventies when you started introducing birth control, when you don't have, That's the, right. um, again, there's a responsibility there to take, take, take care of a child. So, uh, you know what sex is, right? So when you take away the responsibility of taking care of a child and there's no repercussions for sex and sex is just wild now, yeah. now you introduce a lawless sex, sexual society where sexual into sexual innuendo is everything. Sexual innuendo is law. That is what it is that, 
drives profit. That that's what drives the emotions of men. That's what drives everything. Yeah. So, you know, you start to change a lot of how you deal with society. And, uh, instead of actually using logic and reason, you play on the man's emotions, which are controlled by his sexual appetite. So that's now right. his sexual appetite causes him to be less of a male. Now he is more of a, um, I liken it to Wolverine chapter 100 when he becomes extremely feral. He loses his adamantium. He has this crazy um, issue with, uh, I, don't, I don't want to get into the rabbit hole of that. Anyway, he's he's no longer the Logan that we know. He's just a feral beast, mm-hmm. right? And the only thing he's acting on is his desire. And I think that's where men are now, right? So that's we right. act solely on desire because everything that we're doing is geared towards sex, what is the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to get laid. So we will bypass the things that we know we should do to get to the ultimate goal. For and there's us, no consequence. There's no, right? there's no consequence. Yeah, that's the big there's no short, right there. There's it's no short-term It's a delayed consequence. Okay, long-term. Yeah, very delayed. That's for a lot of things. That's right. Yeah. So you get guys in their 30s, late 30s, 40s, and 50s who are now committing suicide because they've realized that the only thing that they've done is chase but they haven't chased anything important, right? And they get to the point now where they feel like they have wasted their life. Yeah. And what they do is end it. You know what I mean? So I, I'm coming across a lot of guys in their 40s, uh, mid-40s to early 50s, and they're just they're defeated, man. They're just they're lost. And they're like, well, my time is up. I don't have time to make up for this. You know what I mean? Because I'm so yeah. far behind. I'm so yeah. far behind the eight ball that I, even if I wanted to, it's going to take me 20 years to get the knowledge I need to be able to do what I need to do, which is, it's not true. It's not true. Cause you can look at Wes Watson. That's true. Yeah. You yeah. can look at guys like, he, that. I mean, he has a great story. Yeah. He has a great story. But yeah. I think it goes back to what you were saying. Um, as far as like having that network, like those mentors that you have and being able to network and put you in a position where you can establish like a concrete foundation to be able to reach your goals. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what men are losing today because we're so focused on the distractions. Yeah. You need to have a, um, eternal mindset versus a temporal mindset or yeah. an earthly mindset, right? A lot of people are thinking about like, well, what's, what's going on tomorrow? And they don't realize that there's, there's not much difference in the pleasure we get from that, you know, expensive hooker in the Lamborghini. Yeah. It's the same pleasure as, you know, playing Xbox and your Doritos, yeah. but it's yeah. just, you know, it, it's different, yeah, right? right? And, and, yeah. and when you get there, you realize oh, this isn't actually what I wanted Correct. because mm-hmm. there's a hole or a, uh, uh, a giant lack of something in our lives if we're not Christians, yeah. right? And so if you're if you're not a Christian, you're not living like a Christian, right? You 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 have to fill that void which only Christ can fill, and so you've got to just you know, consume, right? And so yeah. I think a lot of uh, the devil's strategies today is distraction, and then get you focused on your pleasures, and that's uh, unfortunately created a very weak society of men. And uh, yeah, that was that was an incredible point you were saying. Yeah, man. I told Will to read I Wouldn't the Devil. Oh, yeah. Have yeah, you read yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. So at, after you told me about it, I, I'm going to read it. It's, it's yeah. actually because uh, it's a conversation that he's having, right? Mm-hmm. It's an interview pretty it's much interview, you know, yeah. with the devil himself or itself. And I, I think it's, it's very, very revealing because he's speaking to this being who's saying to this man, I'm telling you exactly what I do to corrupt the mind yeah. of man. Yeah. Right, I I work my way into his deepest desires, and I present those things to him, so that way I know he has no way to escape. Mm-hmm. Right, so whether that's gambling, prostitution, whatever infidelity, whatever it's going to be, right, 
I make these things readily available so that way I know he has no way to think about being a Christian man, being a man of family or faith or having your finances together. He he cannot even yeah. begin to fathom yeah. how to be a man of purpose because he is so distracted by these things that I make so available. Yeah. So I, it's such a powerful book because I think the the word they use, uh, is it a, a drifter? Yeah. Is yeah. that what they said in the book, right? You know, like. Any man can become a drifter, mm-hmm. pretty much, right? And that's speaking back to these men you speak of right now who are 40 and 50, and they wake up and say, wow, I have done nothing with my life besides drift. Mm-hmm. I've existed. I've taken up space and volume and mass or whatever we want to call it, and now it's too late for me. Yeah, yeah. And that is exactly what the devil does, right? It looks to create drifters of men. Mm-hmm. By presenting himself or itself in all these forms that are very hedonistic. Mm-hmm. And these things are so powerful because if you don't recognize what they are, anyone can succumb to it. Yeah. I mean, you got to be a little paranoid. You got to yeah. be paranoid. Yeah. You got to yeah. just be a little bit yeah, paranoid. Yeah. Like, what is this being offered to me for? Right. Everything has to be questioned. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way. Absolutely. We're not to live in a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. I yeah, think exactly. a lot of times we're not, we're not really aware to all of the strategies that the devil can employ to draw us further away right, from yeah. God and his love. So yeah, just being, just being more aware and you know, really understanding who God is first off. So you yeah. got to go to the word all, you just got to go back to the word. Yeah, that's right. I think it's important to note too, that uh, for every, for every issue of, of temptation, right? There is a way of escape. There is that door there that will allow you to walk through it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And get away from whatever temptation is there. And, uh, a lot of times we have not walked away from the temptation because we are a society where we embrace weakness as men. Because if you have a weak man, you have a weak nation, you have a weak family structure, right? So you can pretty much control the narrative at that point in time because yeah. a strong man will control the own narrative of his home, right? And yeah. I will not allow certain things to interfere with the narrative of my home because I know how chaos ensues if my narrative is not being enforced, right? Um, and I think one of the greatest things that has happened on their side was taking the father away. Because once you take the father away, now you take the structure away. Now you take the ability for that, that connection to God to be there. Because again, it's, it's Christ it's, it's God, Christ, man, and then the family, right? The wife, the children. Um, if that umbrella is, is skewed in any point in time, now you, you're just getting rained on. (laughs) (laughs) You're just getting rained on. Yeah. And a lot of times we can't we can't stop the flood, bro. We can't. Well, because there are too few of us. It's too few of us, yeah. <laughs> there are too few of us who are so focused on what they're doing that nothing can actually really distract us. Yeah. Right? So, Will, you're a very super focused young man. You're very focused. I'm very focused. We've yeah. talked about these things, right? We actually have a hard time having conversation with people they don't give us value. Exactly. I, yeah. I, what did I say? I'm like, I'm like a robot. I got to say, okay, Dante, humanize yourself right now and have a conversation yeah. because otherwise you appear to be too robotic. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, yeah. we, but we have a hard time because we are so focused on the next step. Yeah. And that's masculinity. Right. Yeah. And we're not ignoring those who matter. Like you said, you have a great time hanging out with your family and watching movies. Lamont, you are a fantastic family man. You have your children here. Today you went to lunch with the kids. Mm-hmm. I was there, right? Yeah, you know, so yeah. we make time for those that actually matter, that kind of pour back into us. But we have no time for distractions. Yeah, correct. but we are one of few. 
So I think it's just very difficult, man, yeah. to even try to get this across to other men because they are so far removed from this thought pattern. And do we have the time to convince them to come along with us on this journey? Well, I think I think that shift is changing. Um, the Red Pill movement is happening, right? I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that the Red Pill is saying, but I do agree with uh, the idea of bringing masculinity back, right? And there are certain things that men are there's a certain message that men are just tired of hearing. And I think uh, the Andrew Tate's of the world, you know, the, the other red pill podcasts that, that, that we're finally starting to listen to. I mean, I think it's bringing masculinity back to a form where it may be overcorrecting in a way, which can be bad, you know, in, in some cases right? where I think it's, it's good for men like us who can bring balance to that narrative. Right. So, yeah, you still want to be the masculine man. Yeah, you still want to have the ability to provide for your family, to protect your family in a way where, um, you know, if if, it, if a threat comes, you know they're good. You know what I mean? And they know they're good because you want your family to thrive. I think the idea that um, men and women are equal has been something that's been plaguing men for a very long time. We haven't been able to be ourselves. And I know that for me, it caused the pretty much the death of my first marriage. Because, you know, I was trying to do things the way that society told me to do things, the way my mother told me to do things. And um, it netted a very detrimental cost to me because, you know, I lost the first family. And then I also went through a very crazy financial wreck. You know what I mean? Like uh, I almost ended myself because of that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. thank God for, you know, his his mercy and, and, you know, allowing me to be around people who were able to pick me back up. You know what I mean? And I think that, uh if men who are now willing to hear the message have other men around them that are willing to pick them back up and kind of guide them in a way where they can be successful at a later time, I think they'll be more apt to hear it and, and embrace the entire, you know, the entire thought. Yeah. What do you think? Will? yeah, for sure. I mean, the the real question is like, how do we, how do we fix this? Right. uh, I I think that it culturally, right. There's a great book. Um, uh, called the fourth turning, and uh, if you, I highly recommend you read it. Uh, it, it describes how history is cyclical. So rather than mm. it being, uh, in say a leftist's mind, which is always progressing, right? Progressives—that's where you get the term. Is we don't need to learn from the past because the past is in the past. There's nothing to learn from the past because it doesn't repeat itself. But yeah, in reality, yeah. history does have a cycle, and in such to a point where it. it uh, it rejuvenates around every 80 years is the I, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, interesting book, right? Yeah. And so we're at the end of our culture's fourth turning right, right now. And so there's going to be a, res- a renaissance or say a rebirth of yeah. the culture. And you can see it happening, right? And um, I think the only reason why we haven't seen anything quite drastic so far is just because people are living a little bit longer. Exactly. And yeah. people are still a little yeah. bit too, yeah. you know, addicted to the TikTok. And, and yeah. it hasn't quite clicked in their mind yet what they so really want. Which, which is a funny thing. I actually saw that on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like an 80-year thing that happened. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was like quarters within those 80 years. Yep, like four, 20, yeah, every four 20 turnings, years. Yes. And yeah. as, as a, each generation ages and moves on to the next generation, their mind shift about uh, the world shifts. Correct. Yeah. Right. Which has an effect on the next generation. Everyone's mm-hmm. generation has its unique perspective in time yeah. because of the uh, uh, culture and environment that they grow up in. It's so different than any other 
because uh, you could be growing up in the same culture at the same time, but because I'm 20 and, and somebody else is 60, we see things completely different Correct, yeah. because of what we know and what we already experienced. And so we have a di- different effect. But then, uh, yeah, I highly recommend that book. Yeah, that's, okay. yeah, yeah. I, like I, that. I, didn't, I didn't know turning. that was actually a book. That's like pretty that. cool. Yeah, so I know okay. that, um, so my kids are kind of close in age to yours. I mean, they're like five years removed from you. Um, I know that my father was somebody that was considered to be, you know, a weak male and, you know, the, the, the adage where, um, strong men create easy times, easy times, create weak men, weak men, create tough times, tough times, create strong men. I think we're back into that strong men era now because, um, my generation, the fatherless generation that we had, we, we, we had it rough. You know what I mean? And our thing was to make it easy for the next generation. And now my son is like, dad, I'm going to be better than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I hope you are, bro. So they're doing things now to set themselves up to be greater than, than me, which I think is moving more towards that stronger generation, which I hope I hope is happening. And I want to give a little bit of uh, encouragement to your listeners because I think a lot of people right now are very black-billed yeah. and they're very depressed <clears throat> about I, I just talk to people on the street, you know, meeting people at appointments and they're very depressed because they listen to the news and they 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 don't they, they it's unfortunate because they've experienced our culture at its height and its in its golden era where things were genuinely right and you could live in a uh, a sinful mean a uh, way of life without yeah. it actually having a a uh, 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 noticeable consequence on the culture at that time. We're yeah. getting those effects mm. now because yeah. of things like birth control, all these things that are taking the consequences of sin and prolonging it to the next generation yeah. or the furthering generations. Uh, but I do think that we are going to be seeing a, a, a new rebirth of the uh, culture. And I think it's going to be, uh, can be a very positive thing. Yeah. And um, I agree. So people just got to, you know, I'm a little bit white pilled, black pilled in the short term. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. I think things are going to get worse before they can get better. But, yeah. You know? yeah, 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 that's yeah. pretty cool. Let's stick it out. All right, so Will, you are a financial advisor. You have been for the last couple of years. The question becomes: Is crypto a scam, or is it a real thing? Because COVID created crypto millionaires. Was that just very, very microwave where it happened within this? very short period of time or is this really a thing for the future what do you think yeah so um i think we need to first address what is crypto so i think a lot of people have a misconception between like bitcoin and crypto are the same thing it's completely different so the answer to your question is is crypto a scam it's yes and no because there are definite cryptocurrencies that are scams, and so you just got to do your own research. But then, if we're talking Those. about Bitcoin, that is a crypto <laughs> cryptocurrency. Yeah. Cryptocurrency. Right? It's a cryptocurrency, uh, and then we can get into like what is Bitcoin and all that if you like. I mean, I'd be more than happy to describe like how it works for your listeners just, just briefly. A quick question: So, uh, did you get into the Doge hype? No, no, I, I missed that. Oh, uh, yeah, I was there. I lost about four to five grand. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> was that because Elon got on to, was it SNL? He got on, well, he went on so somewhere he, so and he said, hey, well, it's not a real thing. So, well, he was tweeting, right? He was and tweeting, he was, okay. he was tweeting to the moon. And that was the, that was literally the, um, the talking point for Dogecoin. Like, okay. It's, it's shooting up to the moon. And when he got on SNL, everybody thought that on one particular day, because he had mentioned a, a specific day, uh-huh. and they thought that on this day, Doge would like shoot up to the moon. And, uh, at this point in time, I was struggling between trying to buy Bitcoin or try to go into Ethereum or if I can get yep. a, a small coin that mm-hmm. could shoot to the moon. Right. I'm like, 
let me put all my money on the small coin that can shoot to the moon. And yeah. Robin Hood, bro, Robin Hood was, was, was scary at this point because uh-huh. you could put $1,000 on Robin Hood and they would delay the processing of the payment. So I was doing $1,000 every time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I could do $1,000 on Wednesday. I got paid on Friday. So, boom, I'm covered. Yeah. I started seeing my Dogecoin shoot up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good. I'll be able to afford it. The, bro, I said, look, man, as soon as I get enough money on this thing, I'm buying four Teslas. <laughs> 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 Not just one. I'm buying four. <laughs> and the day hit, and everybody thought it was going to go crazy. And it just, it, it, just, it just dropped. And yeah. it kept dropping. And it kept dropping. And it kept dropping. I'm like. All right, well, I'm just living in a lot. Bro, my, if you look at my account right now, I was at almost uh, $5,000 with all the other stuff because I, I ended up buying Shiba Inu coin. I bought SHIB. Mm-hmm. I bought CRO. I bought a, I bought a whole bunch of other stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, it probably was like ten grand in, in all. Uh, my my account right now is at two hundred and forty some dollars. Oh man! Oh god! And it's like, well, it's not a loss unless I close. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I'm just gonna keep holding it for twenty, thirty years, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I can get my money back. That's honestly the best strat I recommend. Yeah. Okay, well, so you do feel like that there are some cryptocurrencies out there that are actually not legitimate, but Bitcoin is not one of them. Yeah. So when I got into it, um, I was investing in both Ethereum and Bitcoin. So this was prior to me joining the financial firm, getting my certifications, okay. learning a lot of stuff about yeah. how it works. And I was following a different program that a couple of friends and trusted friends of mine were doing. Um, <clears throat> it didn't quite work out. And what I ended up doing was after I learned a lot more about how crypto worked, I ended up divesting into just holding Bitcoin. Because oh, okay. for me, I see Bitcoin as... Uh, really the future because the current monetary system, it, it's not going to continue. Yeah. And when it ends, there has to be a, a new means of how do I trade value with you? Is it yeah. going to be seashells? Is it going to be gold? Or mm-hmm. is it going to be Bitcoin, right? If the internet's yeah. around, my money's on Bitcoin yeah. for a couple of reasons. Um, it's essentially perfect money. And I can describe why other than the fact that it is not widely yet adopted. Yeah. Once it is widely adopted, it is perfect money. And so there's great things happening in, um, oh gosh, what's the name? The country that uh, recently went over, they, they, they basically took all of the uh, cartels and just put them in, in jail. Um, oh, wow. Oh, Sri Lanka, not Sri Lanka. Oh, my goodness. Singapore? No. no. Oh, my goodness. Eh, it, it, I just went blank. But, yeah, yeah uh, oh, good. Uh, the listeners probably know it's a, it's a small smaller country that uh, recently had a massive upheaval, uh, but then the government uh, basically switched, and then now they're all they put the uh, uh, ruling gang lords all in prison. There's just mass incarcerations, but oh, wow. they basically need a new monetary system, and they've been using Bitcoin. Ah, Gosh, okay. what is the name of that country? But the crazy part is, I heard nothing about this. Me either. Yeah, yeah, me either. Okay. Anyways, uh, that's cool. That, I mean, that's, that's a bad I mean, example. That's, I'm that's, sorry, that's I can't no, no, blanking no, on no, the name of the country. No, here. So I think it's important because um, why don't we know more about this? Right? Like it's got to be shielded information that because you know I check World Star is, is typically where I get my information <laughs> <about>. <laughs> because you know I can't rely on CNN and Fox News because they're going to tell me yeah, it's very biased. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, either way, it's biased. So I, yeah. I look at World oh, yeah, Star sure. because it's, it's from. You know, if, if you and I were to take a video and it's just it's an unbiased point of view, right? right. It's going to show, you know, a little bit about what's going on. It's not going to show the full picture. But if I can finally get to CNN or get to Fox and I can 
see what they're saying about it. And then I can relay it to the person who actually videoed this thing. Right. I can say, okay, well, no, what, what they're saying isn't making sense. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I think it's important that we, you know, well, what I wonder is if the, the currency that they had beforehand, whatever the country is, if they were no longer accepting that because it was acquired through corruption, are they now saying, okay, we don't want to take that money. So we're doing Bitcoin. Like why was Bitcoin now all of a sudden accepted so widely yeah. there versus the money that they already had, whatever the currency was. So I can't, I can't talk to that specifically, but the, the, the big, because I'm, I'm not knowledgeable enough on the individual countries' perspectives on yeah. Bitcoin, but I can yeah. give you a, a, a top down perspective. And the reason why I really like Bitcoin one, because governments can't control it. The problem with our current monetary system, and this is going to get a little bit meta for your listeners, but it's very important for people to understand how inflation works. Yeah, I don't think people understand how inflation works, and I think that's why uh, they've been able to use it so effectively and abuse our current monetary system. So if you're unfamiliar with what inflation is, uh, inflation is the printing of new money. So the only people that can print new money, if I print it, that's illegal, yeah. right? I've just, you know, I've committed fraud, right? I'm printing money that's you can't do that government can print money and what they do is is they don't necessarily do it with printing presses nowadays it's digital they can just add some numbers and that's controlled by the fed mm-hmm. and um what bitcoin allows you to do is you're no longer dependent on the government being trustworthy with your monetary supply because uh if i have ten dollars in the bank and the government prints inflation at say four percent my ten dollars has lost Four cents, right? Yeah, forty cents. Four percent of ten dollars, right? Okay, yeah. So, um, it's basically the best form of taxation because if I tax you at say ninety percent, you're going to be very upset about that. And we can right? fight that's, back. Yeah. That's right. But if I say tax you at twenty percent, twenty two percent, and then just inflate your entire monetary supply by eight percent. You don't see that, right? Mm-hmm. You feel it, right? You go in the grocery store and you're wondering why things are more expensive, but you don't do anything because you don't know who to blame. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. With cryptocurrency, uh, the great benefits is it's incredibly secure. There's not any more Bitcoin being produced. Once the last Bitcoin is mined, there's there's a finite amount of Bitcoin. And once the last one is mined, there is no Bitcoin. It is now a reducing <clears throat> asset. So it can how, only go up in value. So how does somebody mine Bitcoin? Yeah, so um, it's essentially what you're doing is you're basically running computers that are designed to to mine Bitcoin. What they do is is they crack algorithms that are created. So the creator, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, made Bitcoin to where if you want to get it, you have to spend massive amounts of electricity running these computers to crack algorithms that get progressively harder and your reward of Bitcoin is progressively less. Mm. So it's like a video game. Yes, it's like a video game. Oh, wow. That's yeah. pretty dope. Yeah, because I've heard the term mining Bitcoin. I just never knew what it meant. And um, for somebody like me who has no Bitcoin, I, I did see like back in the day that it was, you know, I think it was like an 08. I heard somebody talking about it. I'm like, well, how do I get, like, how do I get this? And I just didn't know how to get it. Um, now you can purchase it, but... It's at what forty one thousand, like you said, forty one. Yeah, as, but as of today, this is the thing: is a lot of people think, oh, it's at forty one thousand. I can't afford that. But yeah. if if 
It's either Bitcoin, either Bitcoin is worth a lot of money or it's worth nothing. And right now you can buy four, uh, one million Satoshis, which is the smallest unit of mm-hmm. Bitcoin divisible yeah. for about $400. Yeah. Right. So you can get a million, you can be a millionaire in Satoshis for $400 right now. Right. And, and I'm not saying go buy Bitcoin, I'm not saying that, but in my opinion, I like Bitcoin because it's now a hedge, right? If we're betting on yeah. the U.S. dollar continuing, mm-hmm. well, then that's great. You could hold dollars. If you think it's going to go away, then people are buying gold or Bitcoin. Yep. I like Bitcoin because it's a little bit easier to trade than gold. Uh, I don't have to trust you to say, I'm going to, I have all this gold. Well, gold's hard to transfer. It it's is, hard to yeah. keep secure, yeah. right? I can carry around my 16 um, character seed phrase in my mind and, and, I'm, and my, that's where my Bitcoin is, right? So yeah, so there, there's a, so you have to know that code because if you don't know it, then you can't access it, right? That's right. Yeah, there's so, the keys into your wallet and then if yeah. you don't have the keys, then that's not your crypto, right? You're, so there, there was a guy who crypto. lost like, I don't know how much right. Bitcoin. Did he ever find it? was a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're talking about when he uh, when it went into the the, the junkyard, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. In his office, yeah. and ended up in like, landfill, and he's still, yeah. He lost. He lost his key. That's yeah. Oh God. So he doesn't even know like. Because, oh, that was another guy. Yeah, he he has it, but he can't remember his password. He can't remember the password. Password basically yeah, to get into it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, okay, so yeah, that's, that's it's, it's then now on you. It is your personal responsibility. So can I ask you this? Is. So I do know that there was something that came out uh, maybe a couple of years ago where the feds are doing their own version of crypto. I think yep, it's like CBDC. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Central yeah. bank digital currency. That's right. That's right. And if so, you notice, the, uh, uh, what's crazy is you'll, um, and if you go back in time, you'll see a lot of publications were avidly against Bitcoin. And a lot of people got afraid of Bitcoin being a scam because yeah. of legitimate scams going mm-hmm. on, but then they were tested to Bitcoin. And that was intentional because um, the government, uh, specifically a lot of Democrats, are very avidly against Bitcoin. But what you'll notice is they very much love CBDC, yeah, central bank do. digital currency. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people even are aware of CBDC. Uh, and it's really great that um, Trump actually got on, I think it was a couple of days ago, and announced that he would avidly stand against a central bank digital currency. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah so that was really good to hear uh, from a former president speaking. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, but yeah, central bank digital currency, it's basically the technology of Bitcoin mm-hmm. now is being utilized against whatever uh, civilization is, is, whatever government is using it for their... Um, uh, civilians and what this what this ends up looking like for your listeners is you have your your money it's coming in from your your employer but then say it has an expiration so yeah. you have to spend that money yeah, otherwise it. it expires you mm-hmm. can't save your money right if you decide to I want to buy X thing I want to buy a Bible I want to buy a gun well now your social credit score goes down because they know exactly what you bought mm-hmm. because you is that what happens currency. in China is that is that a thing in China I think I've so read they, that they do have they do have a social credit score I don't still, yeah. I just don't know how it, okay. how it works but I think they're <laughs> heard that I think before. their social credit score is based on uh, surveillance so they do have okay. cameras that will monitor your movements and monitor how you interact with other people okay. and that does lower your social credit score yeah, wow. 1984 right <laughs> wow wow yeah. well what are your financial tenants that you live by yeah so that's a really good uh question um it's 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 pretty simple um but um i think the the biggest takeaway is you have to just self-educate um there's you have to take responsibility for your finances and now now um a lot of people will will uh 
you know, maybe get a little bit upset at say a Dave Ramsey for getting on people for that. It's their fault. Why they're, why they're, it might seem like he's saying it's your fault that you're poor. And to an extent that might be true, but it's really unfortunate. The amount of information uh, that we're given on money or lack thereof, right? Nobody's taught about these principles, which are super, super easy, super fundamental. We, everybody could be financially literate out of high school, out of middle school, really. Yeah. It's, it's not that complicated. And the biggest secret in the financial industry is that it is complicated. Yeah. And they use that for their power because if, if it's complicated, if the financial industry is complicated, well, now I'm the expert. And you mm. have to come to me if you want to invest, if you want to get life insurance, if yeah. you want to set your company up right, if you want to know how, how things work, how taxes work. So I, my, my biggest recommendation is just self-educate. Know what inflation is. Know how... Uh, to file taxes, know how to do these things, uh, know know what to do personal finance wise. But some simple tips is you got to have an emergency fund. Yeah. Right. A lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck and they're living this cycle of debt. Mm-hmm. What this looks like is I have an emergency. I got to get my car. It's a true story. I got to get my car inspected, uh, but my windshield's cracked. I got to pay $400 for my windshield. Mm. 69% of Americans right now don't have $1,000 they can get their hands on. Yeah. yeah, That's crazy. That's so unfortunate. Our public education system has failed us. Yeah. Yes. And so what uh, What I recommend is you've you got to just, um, instead of getting into debt, because you got to use your credit card to pay for that emergency, and now you're having to pay on that credit card, and that gets you further into debt. It's a cycle of debt, right? you got to break the cycle. What you got to do is pay the minimums on your debt. Don't pay more than the minimums, right? Your debt's not paying you. Pay the minimums. And then pay yourself. So save. you got to get that three months of living expenses saved, right? you got to get that $3,000 of an emergency fund, uh-huh. get three months of expenses saved. That is step number one. Before you even consider investing in Bitcoin, uh, mm. do research. Make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah, you're doing make right. sure you know how blockchain works. Make sure you know how all that stuff works, right? Get a cold wallet. Don't keep it on an exchange. Um, make sure that you're self-educating. You understand how those things work, uh, and before you make sure you have an emergency fund before you thinking about investing in mutual funds or any other uh, investment yeah, uh, option yeah. that you're looking at. Uh, you know, get some professional advice. Right, uh, I'm not here to solicit my services, um, but you need to know uh, there's there's investments that are right for you and there are investments that are wrong for you. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's very very confusing, and it can be as simple as you got to just go to the right person and they can build a simple to follow plan for you. Yeah. That's going to change, and everyone's different. Yeah, and so um, it can get confusing, and you could save a lot of time if you're going to do all this on yourself. You can waste a lot of time, uh, and so uh, you know, knowing and going to somebody that you trust and who knows you. Yeah. Yeah. Is is critical. So yeah, but emergency funds are big. That's some good advice, man. That's fantastic advice. That's fantastic advice. <laughs> All right. Well, it seems pretty simple. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it, is. Seems, it seems simple, but we don't. A lot of us don't know this, right? We don't. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I was always taught to live paycheck to paycheck. Look, if if a man don't work, a man don't eat, right? So yeah. you know, um, I wasn't taught it physically. I was taught it through uh, just seeing how my parents. Dealt with money. Yeah, the See osmosis of it, yeah, right? The, the environmental. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. don't talk factors, about money, right? We don't talk about money. Don't talk about that's, it. that's a taboo. Yeah. Don't talk yeah. about credit score, how money. Are you supposed to yeah. know how money works if exactly. we don't talk about money. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. I was right. told to stay away from credit cards, and every time you get a paycheck, I was never told to pay yourself, but I was just told to pay bills. Right. And you stay away from yeah. credit cards, and then now how do you apply for a home loan? That's right. You got no yeah. credit. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's why it took me, what, 36 years to buy a house? <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I finally got to, uh, so I ended up going through a program called NACA uh, to try purchasing home. And, you know, basically what they did was they put me through the test. They put me through the ring. They they literally pulled all my finances. Uh, they pulled my credit score and anything that was on my credit that was not right. They had me fix it. So I, I literally spent two years in boot camp getting ready to buy the house. And I didn't actually finish the program with them because they were taking too long. But I went from a 430 credit score after my divorce to 730 when I bought the house. So, you know, I mean, it was like, but it was a grueling two years. Like they literally looked at every penny I spent. But you grew that in two years? In two years. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a fantastic uh, program that I went through, even though if I would have went through, you know, the program entirely, I don't know how long it would have taken and this was in, you know, the time where COVID was really, the market was booming. Uh, you couldn't have, an, you couldn't find an apartment, you know. Um, and if you didn't outbid a, bid on a house, you were being pretty much uh, outbid. So yeah, uh, if you weren't offering twenty to $30,000 over. There were you cash were offers much, too. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of cash offers yeah. were happening during COVID. So, you know, I, I, I was grateful for that experience because uh, it helped me understand discipline help me understand my money and you know again I'm, I'm 34 years old going through the program finally understanding how money works yeah and it's like man this is crazy if i would have known this you know 18 years ago i would have been set <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so it's Very good because you know my, my my kids they saw me go through the process which means they understand now i'm teaching them how to deal with their money and how to do certain things they'll be working full-time next year so you know, I'm excited to see uh, how their life will turn out because they now have the, you know, the information that I, you know, didn't have. And uh, if blueprint, God forbid, if anything happens to me, they got everything here so they can go back to. Right. It's all it's all yeah. on record. It's That's why record, it's important man. to speak about these things yeah. and record yeah. it and talk about it. So this has been fantastic. Will. thank you so much oh, for stopping definitely. by, man. I I want to keep going, yeah. but I understand that there is so much we can talk about. We should do a part two yeah, at some point very soon. I would love that, yeah. Yeah, man. We can keep talking about different things as far as the financial world. I think we we kind of started getting into it, but you know, I, there's so much more I want I want to ask you about your perspective about uh, real estate and renting versus buying and different things like that. And I think that is really good for a part two. Yeah, so we, we we got we got to yeah. get you back on pretty quick. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you are you are full of knowledge, man. And I, I think a lot of us need to hear these things. I mean, you know, we know a lot of this stuff because we're talking about it, but the listeners may not know, right? And uh, it's it's it shouldn't be a topic that is so sensitive that we don't talk about it, Correct. right? You know, people are so afraid to speak about credit scores, savings, emergency funds. Yeah. Whether or not they they even have enough money to live, you know, uh, even at their means, right? right or yeah. because there's so much paycheck to paycheck kind of living in, you know, it, it shouldn't yep. be, it should not be an embarrassing conversation. Yeah. We have to talk about it to try to address it and then fix the problem. Correct. So it's a crisis, right? You got to get out of the rat race. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A couple yeah. of excellent books, of course, is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. We'll plug that really quick, and then there's an excellent book called Set for Life. Has a re- lot of really good, solid principles, especially for younger people uh, looking to get themselves set up to 
uh, basically maximize what little money that they have starting okay. out, right? And then mm-hmm. the amount of money that you have, right? Yeah. What is the best place to put that at certain times? It is a it is a, a literal strategy, and it's a really really good book. Um, highly highly recommend. Very good. Yeah. So how can the people reach you? Um, they can reach me. Uh, so I don't actually have a whole lot of social media. Okay. I'm not really on social media. You have a website though. I, I do. Um, it's, uh, it's, let's see. So, it's so a, we'll, we'll, we'll put it down. Yeah, we'll put yeah, it in. Put it in yeah, I have it. We'll put it in. Yeah, you can we'll see me on Facebook, William Frontier. Yeah, um, spell uh, your last name for people. F-R-O-N-K-I-E-R. It's there like Frontier, yeah. but the T's a K. Okay, nice. there we go. Hey, and, yeah. kudos to your parents, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, bro, this guy. I would love to meet them. I would love to meet them. Oh, yeah, you guys should come over. Yeah, I would love to, man. I mean, they must be fantastic. Yeah. So, Looking forward to the next one, man. This has been another episode of Born Moguls. Lamont, any last words, my friend? Re rewatch the podcast. Go back and listen to it again because yeah. there were some nuggets here, man. Uh, if you're struggling financially, please hit him up. Please do so. Yeah, and we'll we will give you guys uh, Will's his website. He is again, he's a financial advisor. Yeah. He is with Frontier Financial Services. He has a lot of knowledge on. I mean, you guys heard about uh, crypto For- fortress builders. I'm sorry, fortress yes, builders sir. financial. Yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff was said. All right, you know yeah. about about crypto, about investing, about do your do your own homework too, and also, uh, I think the most important thing is you were trying to give them education about these things but you weren't saying hey listen just come hire me right now you were saying listen you know do your homework but also find yourself a mentor financially and i think that's very important yeah what can i have one last thing i I want to inspire a little bit of hope here because i think a lot of people i talk to they're very they're very just depressed about their finances they don't think they have enough time to make it yeah that's that's simply not true there's so much that you can do right now to drastically change your financial future as well as your financial future for generations to come. Yeah. So don't don't let the uh, the bad influences, the bad words, the negativity get to you. There's there's so much you can do. Good um, stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, man. I love it. All right, another episode of Born Moguls wrapping up. Thank you, Will, for stopping by nice having for having the knowledge and imparting it upon us, man. Lamont, thank you again for all of your wise words, your wisdom, and this has been another good one. Hey. All right. Till so next yeah. time, guys. Take care.